You're listening to the AfterBuzz TV Network. Now the largest new media platform on the web and your number one source for after-show entertainment. From the AfterBuzz Studios in Los Angeles, California, presented by Maria Menunos and streaming live thanks to Akamai Technologies, this is AfterBuzz TV's The Last Ship After Show. We'll break down tonight's episode and get you all the latest news and gossip. And now, another post-game wrap-up show for your favorite TV show. It's AfterBuzz TV's The Last Ship After Show. I'm just going to let you guys sing the whole time, guys. Welcome into the last ship after show right here on AfterBuzzTV.com. Season 1, Episode 7. Of course, it's called SOS. Yes. And you need to start Rihanna with, with your day. I, su- I, d- I have a feeling all three of you... You have to start Rihanna with your you day. You start your day with <laughs> Rihanna. Yeah. I have a feeling that all three of you, Charlotte, <laughs> Hey, I'm calling you day. out. You called me out last week. I'm going to call you out this week. <laughs> I have week. a feeling... You're lucky this table's so big. You're lucky we're not in the old studio where we were a little bit closer together. This table's big and I can't just throw water across the table. <laughs> Whoa, that's and aggressive. So, yeah. I'm just saying. I think USA, you man. Do you want to send out an SOS? <laughs> Nice. <laughs> All right, let's get started with the show, guys. I'm Bobby, as always, back with you for another week. Next to Monsi and across the way, Marina and Charlotte. Ladies, hello. Hello. Hi. How's everyone That doing? was awkward. <laughs> <laughs> All right, on three. One, two, three. Hello. <laughs> you guys are just wonderful. we got a lot to talk about today. I can't wait to do it. This is a good time to remind you all at home, if you haven't already, we've been getting good comments on YouTube, a lot of good subscribers and stuff on iTunes, so if you haven't yet... Hit subscribe on iTunes, comment on YouTube, tweet us. We give out our Twitter handles at the end of the show. You know what? Let's do it right now, though, too, and let's kind of just screw up the thing, screw up the order. So if you're on Twitter, right now you're watching the after show, I'm at Bobby DeMuro. Tweet me. Where can they tweet you guys? You guys can tweet me at Monsi Bolanos. There you go. You can tweet me at Rena Brazil and Charlotte B underscore TV. Rena Brazil, Charlotte B underscore TV, and Monty Bellano. Send us a tweet. Send us what you think about the after show. We would love to hear from you. We already know you do it on YouTube. Thank you for that. So keep doing that. Let's jump into the show right now today so people have something to tweet about because they don't just want to talk <laughs> oh, about wow. Rihanna. Uh, we have a lot to talk about today. And first, let's start with the flashback in scene number one. This show, a lot of last ship after, or a lot of last ship shows are pretty straightforward with maybe one or two kind of, you know, running themes going on. This one was pretty much a single theme. Um, it was pretty linear in terms of there weren't a whole lot of flashbacks. There weren't a whole lot of jump cuts. There was one flashback, and it was at the start. And it's with the, the Russian's doctor, the Swedish doctor that the Russians have <laughs> um, in their possession, I guess. I don't know if they're holding him against his will or what. But it's a flashback of him testing out some kind of experiment on himself back before the world went into chaos because they're sitting in a cafe and his his counterpart, his other doctor says, you know, you're crazy, don't ever come to my lab again, blah, blah, blah. I assume, and maybe it's wrong to assume, I assume that what this doctor was testing was a vaccine for this virus, yeah. correct? Mm-hmm. So this doctor may be immune to it now because right. he has a vaccine. And what I got from it was that when obviously his girlfriend or wife who was moving away 
was starting to feel sick, mm-hmm. actually got the virus, took it to, was she going to, she was going to a few places, kind of transported it over, and he was the one that it mutated from human or whatever the phrase is. Um, that's what I took from it, that he was kind of the one that started off the chain that got the human virus, that got the human uh, gene. gene mixed into yeah. it. So he's like patient zero is what you're saying. Mm-hmm. He, he, is, he is the start of this entire virus. Yeah, yeah. that's an interesting point. Yeah. I'm not sure it, like, it makes it any different at the end of the day. It's yeah. not like you – I mean, so many people are dead. I mean, what are you going to do, execute the guy who started the virus? Exactly, and it had to come from somewhere. Yeah. But I feel like we got some kind of clarification of where it started, who this guy is. My theory was wrong that he was the Sergio guy that um, ended up being killed anyway. Yeah. That I don't even remember where that came from, um, <laughs> how that was linked into this. Um, but that was my theory and proved that that was wrong. Um, but – yeah, I gathered that it came. It started from him. He tried the vaccine. He's one of the people that are immune. Yeah, I agree. That's what I thought. And he probably passed it to his fiance, and uh, she started it. Don't you I guess think? we'll see. I that. mean, she she traveled across the world. She was sick. She was in contact with him. If he was immune, she was not. And I'm sure they were making out and exchanging yeah. saliva. <laughs> <laughs> to put it or on. Or just being in. Well, but if it was airborne, yeah, everyone they, around surely would have been. Yeah. I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not 100% sure in you know? the details yeah. of airborne and how close you have to be to someone mm-hmm. or if, you know, how it passes. But, yeah. Well, with this virus, it's pretty close. It's not like Ebola. Which is hot oh in the news God, right now. Yes. Um, we should do a whole news and gossip section on Ebola <laughs> in the last ship. Did it, you guys get my tweet? I tweeted you all about this. It's like the real life version of the last ship. It's yes. crazy. Yeah, well, it they're is. all walking around with the white, um, <laughs> the white jackets and everything, the head masks. It's insane. Yeah. yeah. And they just found a case today of a guy sick in New York. And oh. they think it's Ebola. Are you serious? No, I'm not. I just read on the news. Wait, a minute. are you serious? No, so I'm not. You mean, are you kidding? No, yeah, yeah, exactly. No, I am 100% serious about this. It's a great it's response, serious. though. Are you yeah. serious? No, no. I'm not. <laughs> I, wish I, I wish I wasn't. I mean, they don't know if it's Ebola, but um, they're pretty certain he's, you know, wow. not in, in contact with anybody, and he was just in Africa. Wow. So That's terrible. I read something interesting about Ebola, not to get too far yes, off topic yes. with this virus, but the incubation periods with Ebola are such, and it can only be passed through bodily fluids, it's mm-hmm. not the air, that it's not as uh, uh, pandemic deadly as you might imagine if you didn't know about medicine. The idea is it's so quick to kill people and it has to be passed through bodily fluids that it would be relatively easy to quarantine it away from mass populations. It's not something that would get passed through air like this mm-hmm. virus in the right. last ship and it's not something that can take you over for a long period of time. You die so fast without treatment that eventually it would kind of wear itself out. Now, now tons of people would die if it were left unchecked and it happens in Africa, but it would wear itself out so it wouldn't become this global pandemic we've seen in this show so it's Thank not God. it's not exactly yeah. the same thing that being said it's still pretty scary yeah. <laughs> i don't think and it's... it goes great with the show maybe it... it's a little viral marketing yeah. ploy by tmt <laughs> yeah. they're, they're viral do you see what i'm saying viral get it yeah i got it it just wasn't very funny okay, whatever all right let's get back to the show before we start really getting off topic um so we go to bertrice on a fishing boat i guess we don't go to her we hear from her mm-hmm. and we hear about this this communications person who remembers hearing from her weeks before, and there were 51 people on the boat, then there were 15. Now she's the only one, which means she may likely be immune. We find out later, spoiler alert, she is. Um, 
But the Americans, and Chandler reaches out as Joe Brown on a fishing boat. We're on a fishing boat near you, you know, whatever. Uh, because the entire time, the Americans are concerned that the Russians are going to intercept their signal. And the Russians that we were... We've we've left for several episodes are now back and we knew they were coming back, mm-hmm. but they're now back here in force and everything the Americans are doing is because they're staying away from the Russians. Now, my question for you guys, and I guess we'll have to see how they use Bertrice with her immunity to the vet, to the disease. But my question for you guys is this. The ship has been radar dark, has been off radar the entire time. They've had to go on radar for different situations in different periods with Bertrice to find different stuff and to rescue Chandler and blah, blah, blah. Is the one immune person, Bertrice, worth the trouble of losing the captain, dealing with the Russians again, doing all this stuff? Or could uh, Scott have done something with the vaccine, even if it wasn't monkeys, on her own? I mean, is that immune person, the one immune person, going to end up being that important in the vaccine? I think so. Yeah. So it was worth it. I think it was worth it. I mean, it was definitely a risk because they weren't 100% sure that she was immune to all strands of the virus, but it turns out she is. So I think at the end of the day, it was worth it, but it was a big risk going in without knowing. Yeah. I think it's difficult to say, you know, maybe if you would have asked them already ahead of time, hey, your captain might die. Do you still want to send out the crew? I think maybe they would have thought twice about it, but I still think they would have done it. It's for the greater good. You I know, think, sorry, I think they could have gone about it a different way. I don't think they needed to call in to find out exactly where she was. I think they could have um, honed in on a certain area to try and find without giving their location away. Right, why wouldn't they send the chopper? Yeah. Which, you know, they never used before, which I also thought was interesting because I feel like they could have used... In different episodes to benefit them. Didn't they use it today? And they said they were not for today for this episode. And didn't they run out of fuel on it? Well, they no. did run it, but but they came back and refueled. Yeah. I thought the issue right. was that the chopper, anything that goes up, is going to have a radar signal, right. and they would have a radar signal too. Even when you're off radar and you're dark, because you're an object, radar will ping off of you. You know, it will okay. ping off the ship. So if they got close enough to the Russians, the Russians would still be able to pick the object up off radar. And I think their concern might have been the more things they have in the air, in the sea, whatever, if the helicopter goes up, if it got within the Russian radar range, even if it wasn't sending off radar, the Russians would still get a ping off of it and they would okay. say something's in the air. This is probably the Americans. Yeah. You know, so I think I think that was the concern that they couldn't send the helicopter and then they took a risk and said if we're radar dark, we'll try to go to her and be as, you know, closed off as we can. But they weighed that risk and said, we have to see if she's immune. If she is immune, maybe her DNA is key to solving this entire thing. So I I don't know. Yeah, I can't think of any other way uh, aside from them contacting her to know her coordinates. But I don't know. I feel like there has to be a better way. And I feel like they couldn't you don't have time to waste in that situation. Like, you have to just act on it. And if the doctor, the only doctor who could possibly have a vaccine says, yes, this can help, how do you say no? Right. And how do you procrastinate that? There's no way. I'm utilitarian. Maybe this is wrong, but I'm more utilitarian. I say if this risks the entire ship because the Russians might get involved or Patrice could be a trap. They thought she was a trap for a mm-hmm. while. If this is going to be something that could risk the entire ship just to potentially, uncertainly, maybe get somebody who might be immune, it's not enough of a guarantee to me. But what is certain at this point? Well, nothing except if you stay on the ship, you don't get the sickness. 
Right, but you're they're not just going to stay stranded and do nothing. Like you have to move forward and try and do something. I think for you to it's I I get what you're saying like, you know, it, it might not be worth it, but at that point nothing is certain. What is worth it? What do you do? It's and, hope. Yeah. And another thing that I didn't understand completely, I know that she she has the virus, but she's immune, but that doesn't doesn't that mean that she can still transmit the virus? That's an interesting you idea. Know, nobody was wearing masks back on the boat around her, and they weren't, like, trying to... Uh, yeah, that's a good point. I hadn't even thought about yeah, that. Either. That's an interesting idea, that her body doesn't necessarily just repel the virus just because she's immune. It still has a host in her. It just may not do something to her. Yeah. It's, it's not like she's, like, wearing a metaphorical shield of right. armor from the virus itself. That's a good point. Right. I know. <laughs> I, I thought they would put, like, the, the outfit on her or something, especially because they were in the boat yeah. that was obviously yeah. contaminated. Yeah. And, yeah, she just walked in. That's and, a really good and, point. <laughs> Thank you, thank you. <laughs> now, my, my, I guess my other question, though, maybe with the virus, and I don't know this, is after it kills all the subjects, if a couple weeks ago there were 15 people, now there's no one but her, I don't know how long it lives in its hosts mm, right, after they die. True. And it would have lived in her at some point, but I don't know, maybe it maybe it, it, it runs itself out because the host dies and then the virus dies with the host. So I don't know. But that's a great point about she would yeah, still obviously, be... Obviously, she still has the virus, and it's alive inside of her. It's like with, like, chicken pox or something. Yeah. You, know, yeah. you get it once, and you're immune to it. You have to get it, and then you go through it or whatever. Mm-hmm. But you still you still host those... You still host those molecules. That's a yeah. good point. <laughs> you threw me on that, but it's like, absolutely, that would be <laughs> Maybe we'll find out. Maybe the writers are going to watch this and be like, oh, snap. <laughs> we messed up. <laughs> I think there's something that... Something's weird there. Yeah. Something something yeah. is off with Bertrice a little bit. There's some yeah. other story there. Or, now I'm just going to throw this out here, and I'm sorry to say it. They've always had a non-military person on the ship, at least one. And obviously we had Dr. Scott and Quincy. We had our boy Tex. It doesn't look good for Tex. I'm just going to be honest. It doesn't look good for Tex. Um, I don't want to – we'll talk about Tex in a minute. But my point of bringing him up is maybe now that Tex might be gone, sorry to say it, Maybe Bertrice is the new Tex. Hashtag She's new Tex. She's not funny, though. You don't, you don't know that yet. You don't know that He's, yet. The first um, first part of the show, first quarter, whatever, before the first break, there was no Tex, and it was boring. Yeah. There was no humor. I was like, where's Tex? You don't know that yet, though. I don't think I think I don't think Tex is going anywhere, and I will say in my predictions why what okay. I think will happen. But I, I think Tex is fine. Okay, interesting. I'm going to disagree with you, but we'll just have to wait for that. <laughs> let's start with before we go there. Let's start with uh, Cassetti being doubted. That was one of the guys. Cassetti was one of the guys who tried to uh, unenlist or, or, or not unenlist, off, but when his enlistment was up, get off the ship. And and I don't want to say they caused a mutiny because it wasn't a mutiny. Those guys had a legal right to get off the ship. But in this situation, there was kind of a mutinous feel to it. And we remember that. We talked about that episode. But the reason I bring it up is Cassetti is now being doubted by Danny mm-hmm. saying, can you actually do this? Do you really want to be a part of this? Blah, blah, blah. You took over for um, Frankie, right? The guy from the first episode, yeah. the first <laughs> one who died. You took over for Frankie's position, blah, blah, blah. And so there's a lot of high tension going after Bertrice, not just because of the health and everything, but because they're doubting a little bit who's really in on this mission. So do you guys believe is Cassetti here to stay now that he's re-enlisted? Is he and all those other guys, Bacon and all the other 15 or 16 of them, are they back and loyal and good forever and we don't need to worry about them anymore? I don't think they're loyal forever, but I thought it was a little um, hypocritical of 
I agree. Danny. I mean, he's the one that put the mission at risk by uh, saying to Foster, jump off the ship now. So it's like, really? Now you're going to double-guess him and say that he's not really in this and he has to prove himself. It's like, uh, well, you've everyone at some point has done something to that hasn't truly been what someone who's in the U.S. Navy that is everything about the Navy would have done. Every one of them. They're in a special situation. Um, so I thought, mm, I was like, eh, I don't think you should be the one saying that right now. The whole time I was expecting Danny to mention in the episode to uh, the other Navy guys what had happened, you know, because it was part of his punishment. Yeah. And especially when Chandler was staring at Danny while he's yelling at Cassetti and nothing. Yeah. And I was like, wait a second. Like, I thought it was part of his punishment to be honest with the guys and tell them what truly happened. Mm -hmm. And yet he didn't do that. And he was being very mean to Cassetti. Yeah. I, I think it's different. I don't think it's... I get what you mean by hypocritical. I mm-hmm. totally get it. But I think it, it was just a different situation. I feel like Danny was not was not trying to leave the group, the crew. He wasn't, you know, like, he was still trying to take the mission out. Yeah, his feelings got involved. But what Cassetti was doing was abandoning everybody. He was like, I'm out. I I don't think this is the place for me, and I don't think you, you're being honest with me. So I think it's different. Yeah, they're both wrong in what they were doing, but I just think what Danny did is he he still had the ship's interest at heart first. That's why he told Foster to jump off. Yeah. So I just think it's it's different. But I was shocked that he didn't address the group. That neither of them that they neither haven't shown have, yeah. yeah. haven't shown either of them addressed the group or which was their punishment. Doing, doing their punishment. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. But I guess we'll see that. Hopefully we'll see that for those two later. I don't know about that. Um and then we have Quincy come back in. And finally we know that Quincy has some skills, even though they don't necessarily like him. And Quincy comes in to listen to the Russians on UHF, on the radio, because they know the Russians are listening to them. Did you guys believe that Quincy is telling them the truth, is telling Slattery the truth about what the Russians are saying? I didn't double-guess him. I is didn't. double-guess a British phrase? <laughs> I guess. I, I don't, don't know. Double-guess, yeah. We second-guess. Double guess. It's like you double guess. Like, is like it a second time? Oh yeah, yeah, we know what it is. I just never. <laughs> no, Jeez, I've never heard of it. Before. <laughs> yeah, double guess. Okay. I guess it's a British thing. All right. Okay. <laughs> but he didn't second guess it. There we go. <laughs> um, now I've lost my train of thought. <laughs> you, know, you, know, you were saying that you didn't second guess. Yeah. You didn't second Yeah, I didn't. I thought he was telling the truth and. Because it was breaking up, and I think the Russians were trying to throw um, the Americans off and say, drowning, they've drowned. Um, But I don't think Quincy has any... The way he said, just do me one favor, kill... Mm -hmm. What's his name? Ruskov. Kill him. Yeah. Um, So after he said that, I was like, I think he's kind of on their side now. He wants to find the Russians as much as... Or once the connection, the real connection, as much as the Americans do, want to know what's going on because he has his family. Well, I, I thought that Quince, Quincy believed his family was dead after what happened, you know, yeah. and, and him not succeeding and bringing Dr. Scott. So that's why I thought he was telling the truth. You know, he's like, I have nothing to lose anymore. I might as well kill, help them kill the Russians who killed my family. So that was my reasoning for believing him, but but again, I don't know. And with Slattery, I think he's somewhat, 
he knows what he's what he sees is what he gets with Slattery. It's kind of he's not going to be a Chandler or someone else that that's talking to him that's maybe meaning something else. Slattery was the one that went in there, gave him that speech, and was like, "Look, if you don't do this," and Slattery said to him, "I'll put you on a." a capsule or whatever he said and shoot you into the air. I don't remember exactly. Put, put you on a, on a what? A capsule. What is that? Oh, a capsule. A capsule. Oh, I got you. Okay. I love it. The way, like, it's not even British phrases. Just you use different words for mean the same thing. I love it. Torpedo. Torpedo. It's a capsule. Yeah. <laughs> Close. We're going to do a show one week where it's just Charlotte saying stuff. Yeah. Like, Charlotte, we're in the studio right now. What's that monitor behind your head? What do you call that? Do you have a word for that? Oh, I'm man. just going to stop talking. I forgot I, what I was saying again. I just, I just need to hang out with more British people so it's not as weird to me. Most people probably watching this be like, dude, come on, stop it. Um, yeah, no, I, you're right about Slattery, though. And this is my question about Slattery for you guys because I'm glad you brought him up at this point. Is Slattery, as XO, who is now the captain, the de facto captain when the captain's gone and, and will be gone for some time, is Slattery a capable captain? No, he's jeopardizing the mission completely. You said that very quickly. Yeah. And that's but that's exactly what Chandler said. As soon as was it the bird what that gun thing yeah. shot and killed the Russian plane? The drone, yeah. <laughs> the the drone. Yes. Yeah. As soon as they did that, Chandler Tex was like, Yeah. Chandler was like, that was a terrible thing to do, which is true, because it just showed to the Russians that the Americans would do anything to save Chandler, and now that's what they've done, and then they're gonna keep Chandler to but to play devil's advocate, Slattery said it too. They were talking about whether or not they should go after Chandler, and Slattery was like, you know, I know we shouldn't. I know he said not to. It's captain's orders, but he would never leave any of us behind anyways. Right. I agree. And he didn't in the past. Chandler has gone after people in the past, like with Danny and Foster mm-hmm. and stuff. So I don't know. I mean, do you two think that, Sl- that Slattery is a capable captain? I, cap- okay. Well, capable captain is different from... What I was gonna say, I I think uh, he is probably capable of it. He was trained, and you know, I don't think he's mentally stable. I agree to lead the crew, but at first, I thought Slattery had something up his sleeve. I thought he wanted to take over as captain and all that. And like you said, how he was like, I know we shouldn't. I know it was captain's orders, but he would never leave one of us behind. Yeah. So seeing that, I was like, well, maybe you know, maybe you are just kind of a a mean guy at times, not necessarily what I thought initially, but I just don't think he's mentally stable to carry out this type of mission. Yeah, I definitely think that he's capable of doing it, but I don't think he he would be the best captain, like you mentioned. I think you know he'd make a lot of mistakes, but I do have to say I was very impressed with how he acted in this episode. You know, we all kind of talk crap about him and mm-hmm. weren't sure about his loyalty, but he was extremely loyal in this episode. Yeah, almost too loyal because he wouldn't take the captain's order and, uh, orders and leave. He wanted to go back and get Chandler. But I think it's, it, well, obviously it's worked and it's kind of backfired. Um, but I think he's too emotional to be able to lead. Second question. Now that Chandler is gone, at least for the time, and Slattery is captain, I assume maybe Jeter is second in command. Does the ship have enough depth on their roster that if something happened to Slattery or if something gets tough, do they have enough good leadership? More than just Slattery, can Jeter lead? Is there anyone else to lead? Or are they in a huge, huge uh, um, empty vat of lack of leadership now that Chandler's gone? I think there's 
a lack of leadership. And maybe that's the reasoning behind Slattery doing what he did. Because, you know, maybe he, he knew that, you know, if we lose Chandler, like, maybe soldiers are going to want to leave. You know, I feel like Chandler has been the hope in the ship. He's been, like, such an amazing leader. He's been supporting everyone and um, really helping them through this difficult time. So, you know, the idea of having the boat without Chandler might have scared Slattery. And That's a good point. Yeah, I agree. I think that if this was maybe something more, not that any mission is typical, but something that they have already mentally prepared for, that anyone could do it. Even Danny at some point could step up and lead the ship. But I think at, in this case, and something that is so worldwide, and it's literally, they are the last ship, essentially. I think they need someone with experience and someone that they can look up to and be like, this, you know, this is our leader. Not feel like, this is, who is our leader now? Because he had to be. Yeah. Yeah. And Rachel is, Chandler is the one that Rachel has been talking to. Chandler knows everything about what Rachel's been doing, what Rachel needs. No one else kind of I don't think Slattery really gets it properly. Mm -hmm. I don't think they've communicated enough for him to realize that she is trying her best. Mm -hmm. Um, So I think that's a big negative. Yeah. And I guess we'll see about Jeter. I have some news about both Slattery and Jeter at the end of the show. They both did interviews, Adam Baldwin and uh, Charles Parnell. So there's some good news about the two of them that I think is actually very applicable to what we're doing today. But before we get there, um, let's finish up really the second half of the show. First off, what was your reaction to Ruskov with the daughter and the wife? I assume that's Quincy's family. Yes. Yeah, that's his family. What's your reaction to that? Uh, As soon as... But the way that the wife said it was just so nonchalant. Yeah. Saying, oh, I've been... What did she say? Like something, uh, yeah, doing uh, things, uh, yeah, yeah. Giving you pleasure, pleasure. Yeah. Return please, or yeah, please yeah, you, something like that. And that was she said it so nonchalant, right. like I, she wasn't very. She's just seen this big wall, mm-hmm. a big wall up, and she's not very emotional about it. And I was like, yikes! I think yeah. I, I, but to to guess, and this is looking way too deeply. Have you ever read things about? Do you remember the the girl, the women who were kidnapped in Cleveland several years ago and oh were in the house God. for years, yeah. like 10, mm-hmm. 15 years? Like yeah. ideas, people about that, and it looks crazy. And we see that from the outside, and we're like, dude, why didn't you run away earlier? That's insane. But on the inside, there's this certain level of. You put a wall up to protect yourself, and then you kind of freeze in the situation. Like, you, you, everybody reacts to it differently, but instead of just wanting to lash out and fight when you're kidnapped, which is really what she is by Ruska, yeah. is kidnapped, maybe you freeze in the situation. Maybe the wife acts like that because she knows it's going to be better for the daughter if I don't lash out. Right. And so I have to be the way that I am, as tough as it is for me, because I need my daughter to be safe. You know, maybe yeah. you, maybe you sort of take on this, I don't know if it's technically Stockholm syndrome, but it's that idea of you kind of take on this this not good relationship with your captors, mm-hmm. but a relationship where you're trying to just go along to get along to survive another day. Yeah, yeah. no, I, I agree. I don't... If I was in her position, I would do the same. I think any mom would do the same. Yeah. And that, that was not what bothered me. It was the fact that she said it in front of the daughter. It wasn't the fact that she was giving him pleasure, you know. It was the fact that she said that so bluntly. Yeah. In front of her daughter. I feel like she'll try to kind of shield her and not mention something like this. Like it was nothing mm-hmm. in front of a, what, 12, 13-year-old? Exactly. Because she's not so young that she can't understand. Oh, she knows what's yeah. going on for sure. Yeah. yeah. 
Well, yeah, maybe that's what has to do with it. She already knew what's going on. I mean, how? I wonder how much privacy. Well, we obviously don't know how much privacy really goes into that. But I saw the daughter's reaction was so like angered. Like, I, I was like, "Watch, she's gonna kill." Rus- whatever that was a great yeah. face, Ruskov. Yeah, yeah, her face, and I was like, if she's like a fifteen-year-old, she could, she would totally, you know, kill him. And I was like, watch, that's my prediction. She's Uh-oh. gonna kill him in I like think. years, though, because yeah. she's too young, right? No, she. If imagine like he kidnapped your, you and your mother, your father, who knows? Yeah. But all because of this man. You can tell me I- that a fifteen-year-old who is in the kitchen and a knife is there isn't gonna like. Oh, I I off, is I she 15? I thought she was like 11. No, I think she's like 12, 13. That's she looks my older, guess. Whoever did casting. Really? Older. I can't judge age of children. I thought, yeah. I don't know anything about bad. kids. Yeah. <laughs> I can't judge age she of She looked it. tall. And I was like, I I thought she was 14. You really think she'd go in and... I'm just saying like if... if There'd this, be no if, one like protecting Ruskoff. Yeah. And that's who was there... I know, but if that happens, they're going to kill them anyway. Let's talk about this hypothetical situation. Ruska is a very powerful guy. He's very intimidating. Who's dumb enough, and I don't necessarily mean that insultingly, who's dumb enough not to realize that? A kid. You know, yeah. adults will see Ruskov and be intimidated. A kid will see Ruskov and say, you monster, I'm going to get you. And what's right. the difference if Ruskov's a Russian general or whatever? Yeah. So maybe if there is one person to kill Ruskov like that, it could be the daughter because she doesn't know the difference. Yeah. Right. It's just a, no, it's a mean person to her. I yeah. agree. I, yeah. I would do that if that was happening yeah. to my mom. Yeah. Right. But at the same time, it's like, how are they going to get out of it if she does do that? Right. Yeah. Right. Well, that's but the, then <laughs> who would take control of that ship? Because they all seem, they're just like bowing down to Ruskov. Yeah. Like, whatever you want to do, I'll do. And Ruskov's already, already killed one of his men. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So remember that. Maybe they'll be happy. I was just saying hypothetically. Yeah. <laughs> we started a whole new conversation. I I, man, I hope it does happen. Uh, let's talk about, so Ruskov sends a drone because you mentioned this already, Charlotte, that Ruskov now realizes that the Americans will do anything mm-hmm. to find uh, Chandler. And the other guy, and I'm not sure that Ruskov and the Russians even know that Tex is out there or really care that Tex is out there. They want an American as a hostage, and they really want Chandler, and that's their kind of prize bait, their prize prize fish, I guess, from fishing, which they literally did. Um, but the one thing that we have to talk about with Tex before we get to all the Chandler stuff in the very end is Tex talking to Chandler about being sweet <laughs> on Dr. Scott, which we knew but thank goodness he actually said it, right? Mm-hmm. And then said, well, you weren't acting on it, so That's someone had to. I, yeah, I was like, hmm. So obviously <laughs> he noticed something in there. Right. Like, yeah. A relationship that wasn't just Texas friendly. spotted everything. He yeah. spotted Foster and Danny. He spotted a little spark there between Chandler and Rachel. Tex is from Reno. And you guys know what they say about Reno, right? Have you go, y'all ever been to Reno? I have not. No. Reno, Nevada. Reno, Nevada, Nevada, whatever. They say it is the biggest little city in the world. Huh. He is kind of big and little at the same time. <laughs> oh, my God. Take take that for what you will. I don't know. But Reno calls itself the biggest little city in the world. So Texas is like big personality, you know, but just kind of a little, you know, he'll sneak up on you. He's yeah. kind of a little friend. Mm-hmm. And it was hilarious when Chandler said, so what part of Texas are you from? <laughs> <laughs> I predicted that when we were watching. Yeah, Chandler he... goes, what part of Texas are you from? And without even looking up, I was taking notes. I'm just like, he's not. Yeah. <laughs> sure enough, <laughs> it's did. Reno. So there you go. That was a prediction I got right, and no, and I didn't do it on air, so nobody could ever know that it was right. <laughs> I was there. Uh, <laughs> I can be a witness. <laughs> um, and then we okay. So this idea of, of Chandler and Tex seriously, they're swimming to this reef that we never see and is miles away, and they're trying to get there, and they're trying to just find some sort of respite there, and maybe they're being coming to be rescued. Maybe they're not. The drone gets hit with the missile, which 
Chandler knows was a bad idea because it means that the Americans are coming and they're giving away their position. But this ending, uh, well, before we get to the end, there's one quote I want to say to you guys about Danny and Cassetti talking. And Danny tells Cassetti, who is second-guessing his whole mission about he should have been out there with him, whatever. Danny tells Cassetti, it's a thousand hours of training, five minutes of chaos, and then a thousand hours of second-guessing yourself. Or as the British say, double guessing yourself (laughs) um great quote about a lot of things in life not just this Mm -hmm. and it really that was one of the more emotional points where we see the emotion of these guys kind of breaking down which i really liked and the second emotional point is chandler talking about his family in the water saying he's afraid not of dying but of not seeing his wife and kids again Mm -hmm. which is really the only other flashback we've gotten with any significance on the show was that flashback several episodes ago of Chandler with his kids, with the bracelet and the pictures and all that kind of stuff that we talked about. So it's really something is starting to affect Chandler now, and he doesn't want to die. But he really doesn't want to die without getting closure on a lot of this stuff, I think is what the big thing is. Because I don't know about y'all, he doesn't seem to be afraid of death to me, and we know that Tex isn't. Right. right. Yeah. I mean, I don't think anybody in the Navy or anybody in the Army is, you know, maybe they're a little afraid, but they would never act on it. You mm-hmm. know, they know their purpose, they know what they're there for, and they would... I don't know, Cassetti looks pretty scared yeah. when yeah. he was on the Jamaican boat. His face, you look like he was going to start crying. Oh, I think it was because of the virus and the dead people. Just, I think he wasn't sure what was going to happen and encountering that and the people floating. It was and the other, remember yeah. the other young guy, Miller, who was talking granola bars early in this episode? Mm-hmm. Remember a couple episodes ago, he was real Patricide green himself. Too. <laughs> yeah. So there are a few, and I don't know if they're scared of death or just scared of the action in it or whatever, because mm-hmm. I don't think you sign up to the Navy or the Army or whatever and go on one of these ships and say, oh, I'm terrified of dying because you yeah. kind of know that that might happen. Right, right, right. <laughs> Virus or not, you know you might get into some situation. But let's talk about this ending. Did any of you see it coming that it was the Russian helicopter? Not at all. No. no. I was so sad. I, I think I my boyfriend was in the other room and ran in and was like, what? And I was like, <laughs> Chandler. He's like, oh. And he just walked away. Like, that, that cute I, guy you like? <laughs> I saw it coming. Oh, Lord. Did he say that? Yeah, I, I like, saw it coming <laughs> from a mile away, literally. And you know why? The Russians sent out the drone. And the drone was just pointed on Chandler and Tex, and the drone gets hit by a missile right before it gets to Chandler and Tex. Don't you think that might have been a sign to the Russians? Hey, the point where the missile hit the drone, maybe we should look in that area, because these guys are right there, because they wouldn't have sent out a missile to take down our drone unless we were getting close. Yes. But then why didn't the Americans think about that? Think, oh, well, they maybe did. They were on that's the way. where. They were on the way. The thing the Americans saw, I don't think in the American camera, I think we thought it was bodies, dead bodies initially it in the water. A, yeah. It was the, it was the like, boat life raft crap that they left from. Oh. And I think it was just that, that tarp or whatever they mm-hmm. had that they left when they started swimming. So the Americans were on the way to getting there. They just didn't get there in time. And I think the Russians were the ones who looked at the drone and said, where did our drone get shot? What was according to that? We need to go there. Yeah, they were one step ahead. Yeah. They were. My jaw was on the floor. Yeah, especially <laughs> because, one, the background music and how, like, Tex was like, you go, Captain. Like, they, <laughs> You know, it was everything about it. You were just like, in like, oh, good, they're getting saved. Oh, no. Well, here's my question, because we only get to kind of halfway through the saving. It takes a long time. If you guys have ever seen videos of this, it takes a long time to pull somebody out of the water. If you want to see something cool, actually, go down to Venice Beach. For those of you L.A. residents, go down to Venice Beach in the wintertime, early in the morning on weekdays at, like, 9 or 10 a.m., 
And they That's not early. I know, I know. Well, early to me. And they will do they will do settle down, Britain. And they will do um pretend water rescues with helicopters sometimes. They'll do training for lifeguards and the coast guard oh, and whatever. They're doing training it is there. for, for li- lifeguards now. I yeah. see them all the time. Yeah, they do all this sort of stuff. But and not, I've never seen the helicopter. And sometimes and I've seen helicopter rescues yeah. before, several times before. Like it was a scheduled thing on weekdays because nobody's out there. And you literally watch them drop the basket in, rescue stuff, pull it up. That's it cool. takes a long time to do that. So my, my, my point of saying that story is it takes a long time to have brought up Chandler with the little harness or whatever. Do they bring up Tex because he's the next guy down there and he has no idea what's going on? Does Chandler fight like hell to give Tex a sign that this is not our people? Or do the Russians say, we've got Captain Chandler. It doesn't matter who else is down in the ocean. Screw this guy. Let's leave him. And is Tex done? I thought about that. And that's what I was going to say later as to I think Tex is going to survive because I think the American... Helicopter is going to show up, and it's just going to be Tex. So, so they're the going to leave Tex yeah, in the water. Russians don't care about Tex. What, well, yeah, because I don't. Well, I don't think that. I think the the American helicopter will be able to see the Russian one because they're in somewhat the same vicinity. Mm-hmm. So, I think that heli- the Americans are going to know. Well, shit, they've taken someone. Or by the time they get to Tex, it's just Tex. But I hadn't even thought about Tex. And it's interesting because in the preview for next episode, you only see Chandler. Right. Behind. Right. Exactly. Like, yeah. locked in. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, just, I don't know. I don't know. I think they're going to get taxed. Who's I'm they? Just, the Americans I, or the Russians? The Russians. Uh, I'll just, just, just disagree. I think they'll get... Just because... What is his name? The Russian captain. Ruskov. Ruskov said, you know, we need all the Americans we can get. Don't kill them. So I think maybe they will get taxed. And, you know, they're just going to radio them. I thought it was a very but. weird decision that Tex let the captain go up first. Yeah. The yeah. captain the captain is always the last off the ship. Mm-hmm. The captain of the Titanic was the last one on the <laughs> Titanic. I mean, I'm serious, though. The captain, that's his job. That is your baby. Yeah. That's your ship. And Chandler takes that very seriously. So it's weird that Chandler accepted the invitation to go up first. Mm-hmm. I yeah. thought that was really weird. And it's even weird that Tex would offer. As nice of a guy as Tex is, he's not stupid. I know he's not a military guy, but he knows the hierarchy. Yeah. You go up first, the captain stays down, and he's the last one to see this thing through. So it's weird that Tex let Chandler go up first and Chandler allowed it. That was a really weird inconsistency to me. That's not what Chandler does. It's not his personality. I thought that was weird too, but then I was like, maybe he's just really excited to go. I don't think. I know he's in this situation. He's not kind of the last one off the ship. He's the first one in the middle of it, in the mix of everything. But kind of the leader. But But assuming, assuming they assumed it was the Americans who came to rescue them, and knowing that the ordeal is over and the Americans are here, Chandler should have said, "You go first. You get rescued first. You get dry. You get recovered. I will stay down here. And and if something happens and they can't get me." I'm, I have to be the last one down. Everybody else gets safe before right. me. I think that's the oath you yeah. take when you're a captain like yeah. that. And it's weird that he went first. Yeah. And it, it's not that they were on a mission, but it kind of was a mission yeah. between yeah. the two of them. No, it was a mission. It was a mission that went awry, and this is it's, literally the right. end of the mission. Yeah. Right. Yeah, definitely. So I just thought there was something weird about that. And maybe because Chandler went first, maybe the Russians don't end up going back for text. They don't lower the thing again. They yeah. just kind of fly off. I, yeah. But then maybe I, they I see forgot. the Americans coming, and it's yeah. like, oh, got to go. Oh, yeah. I feel yeah. like that... Mm, that might be a, a reason. I'm not sure. I do think they take tax. Because even if Chandler somehow waved tax, what is he going to do? Try to swim away? Like, you know, like, but well, I'll even just go underwater. He... They won't see me. But he has to grab on to be able to go up. Yeah. Right, so, but, you know, they could kill them. They could send true, somebody. Could I don't know. Yeah. There's yeah. a lot that they can do with them. I hope so, they don't shoot tax. I hope not. Yeah, no. He's going to get saved, guys. 
He's gonna get saved because if he doesn't, that means that Chandler and Dr. Scott are gonna be an item. Do if Tex is he's, out of the story, that's my next season prediction. Let me tell you, he's gonna get saved because if he doesn't, I did this on a show last night on a different after show. One of my favorite characters is is kind of being written out of the show, and I said it then, and I'll say it now about Tex. If Tex doesn't come back next week, neither do I. <laughs> I need Tex. I'm going to drive a hard bargain. I need text in the show. Let's do uh, news and gossip right yes. now. There we go. <laughs> All right, we've got a couple pieces of news. Monty, would you like to start? Yeah, I'll start. Okay, so Adam Baldwin, who plays Slattery, uh, posted a tweet or tweeted a tweet that had a lot of people kind of upset. It's a picture of his gas. He filled up his gas tank, 27.9 gallons, and it cost him $120. First question. Who has a 28-gallon gas tank? Yeah, okay. Is he filling up the boat? I guess. I don't know. I don't know. But it wasn't that that was causing people to respond, or it was what he um, what he wrote under it, his caption, and it was, Thanks, Obama, but the O is a peace sign, and the rest of y'all, P.O.S., if you, we'll explain later. Piece of. Piece of. You know, I use the uh-huh. S word. And um, hashtag AGW fraud cultists. Yikes. I'm assuming that That's is anthropogenic good. global warming, man-made global warming cultists. Adam Baldwin yeah. is incredibly right-wing, for better or worse. Very, very conservative. Very, very prolific conservative tweeter. Tweets a lot of anti-Obama, you know, mm-hmm. p- uh, pro-conservative stuff. And and it's interesting to see this is what you get with actors on Twitter, for better or for worse, whether or not you like the point of view personally. A, of course, he's got a right to do it. It's in America. I, I, I'm not of the same political view, but the man has a right to do it. And then you can kind of make up your mind on this on a case-by-case basis. Maybe for some people, if you're very liberal and you don't like very conservative Adam Baldwin, maybe you say, you know what? I'm not going to watch The Last Ship because I don't like right. this guy. Maybe for other people you say... Adam Baldwin's a conservative, forget that. But I love Slattery, and I'm going to watch Less Ship. Right. So it's kind of Which each, is, yeah. yeah, to each his own. And 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 I don't know it, if it's a better or worse thing on his it's perspective. A controversy. I feel as artists, you know, we influence a lot of people. They influence a lot of people. They they have a big viewing, and it could really hurt your career. You know, you hear about shows being canceled, like hosts being fired, yeah, because of a comment they made. You know, that maybe they didn't even think about it and it wasn't something as big as that. It was just like a comment. Yeah, I totally I totally agree with you, but I think this because it's more like he could just be like it's my political belief. He's not doing anything wrong. It's politics and politics is already not, right. not, I, just, I want to say something from the booth on this. On Go this for behalf. it, Steven. <laughs> I think it's ridiculous that people are getting up in arms upon a caption on a tweet when literally you go back to 2007, 2006, we had celebrities literally posting pictures of Bush, like pinatas and things like that and saying, thanks Bush, thanks Bush, and nobody batted an eye at this. But when a Republican actor makes something, makes a statement, people get really up in arms. I think that it goes to show that, I mean, people are... I just don't get it. I think everyone should have their own opinion, and everyone should be respected for their own opinion. Yeah. Steve's fired up. That. I, w- yeah. I will I- say this. It's a, it's a give and take, but if you're going to put actors on Twitter, and you're going to have them do this, I would rather have... Look, on Murder in the First, we do the Murder in the First after show. Mm-hmm. We make fun of Tay Diggs, because he's got some <laughs> social media person who's tweeting for him, and it's awful, and it's impersonal. It's just like... It's like he's begging for retweets. Mm-hmm. It's bad. Whether or not you agree politically with what Adam Baldwin says, and I certainly do not... 
I would I would prefer to have somebody do this and be themselves. Assuming this is him and this right, is what he right, is. Right. I would rather have somebody be themselves for better or worse on a medium like Twitter. And, and then we can decide whether we want to follow him or not. You don't have to follow him if you don't like him. I would rather he be himself than do the corporate speak PR. You know, hey, guys, watch The Last Ship. Right. I'd love it if you watch. RT, mm-hmm. if you're watching, forget that. You know, right. be yourself. Exactly. He's yeah. just being himself. Like you said, it's much better than the than the person that's like, oh, are you watching? Like, that only says stuff about their shows. It's like, right. this is who he is. Exactly. People right. can either take it or not. Yeah. It's up to you. Yeah. And what's funny is one thing about people's response. People were responding, you know, political and all that. But there were some people that were like, you just got renewed for a second season. Get over it. You have the money. <laughs> you got the money. Yeah. I just I want to know what car he's driving that has twenty eight gallons of gas. Yeah. I drive like a truck. I drive a big old SUV, and the most I've ever put in it when I'm at my lowest on empty is sixteen gallons. He's almost doubling me. No, I've put, I've what's put he more driving? Than that in my SUV. Oh man. Like close to twenty, but I don't know. Like twenty eight gallons. Yeah, yeah, twenty eight. I don't know. That's. Spaceship. Or Let's see if there were any fires in his neighborhood that were started and aided <laughs> by gasoline because it's yeah. just filling up a lot of different things. Um, okay, let's go to actually another piece of Adam Baldwin news. Adam Baldwin and Charles Parnell, who of course plays Slattery and Jeter, were at Comic Con um, along with showrunners Hank Steinberg and Stephen Kane last week. And BuddyTV.com has some good stuff about things they said on a panel at Comic Con. Um, one of the things Baldwin said about Chandler and Slattery butting heads and going in the future, Baldwin said, quote, they're both leaders and they both have respect for each other, but the captain has the final say. So oh. maybe Slattery is not as much of a usurper as we wanted to think. And Baldwin also called Slattery, quote, a catalyst for the decision-making process who is there to question the captain without fear of insubordination. But I support the captain until he crosses a line. I don't know what that means going into the future in season two, but we'll see. Steinberg, the showrunner, said that he originally thought of Slattery being a, quote, perpetual obstacle to Chandler, which is what it was Mm -hmm. in the first couple episodes. But it seemed too easy and too obvious. And he says, quote, it's much more interesting to have conflict between people that really care about each other. Which I believe. Yeah. And Parnell, who plays Jeter, says, quote, Towards the end of the season, things do get more complicated and the internal tension of the crew ramps up and... You will meet some new people. Ooh. Don't know what that means. And um, and a couple other things about this. They wrote all the episodes at the same time in production. They didn't write one, film it, see what happened. They wrote the entire thing at the same time. They've got a plan for season two, but nothing has been written finally, and they are open to adapting it to surprises if they want to change some things or whatever. Yeah. And um, in Kane, the other showrunner, Stephen Kane, stressed that the show is not about a mutiny at some point. He says it's the obvious, logical choice for viewers and for characters who have doubts or whatever, and the characters will have doubts, but there is not going to be a mutiny. So okay. cut that out of your predictions, guys. Right. Interesting. Yeah. Right. Speaking of predictions, let's get there. Let's do predictions right now. Right now. Right now. <laughs> and now, you're after Buzz TV. Predictions. All right, who's got the biggest one? Okay. Well, don't, all, like, start, all, don't right. all start at once, girls. Let's see. Really? I, I predict that text will survive and that the American ship will find him. I think the Russians don't care. Uh, and I think that because they're in the vicinity, they are going to find a way to attack on the Russians and get Chandler back. That's what I see. And the... What was her, what was her name? Beatrice? Beatrice? Uh, uh, Beatrice. 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 
I don't know about that chick. <laughs> I don't know. Agreed. I think there's something fishy there. I don't think she is. I don't think it's everything that they see. Um, I think Rachel's going to run out of monkeys, obviously, and I don't think Patrice is going to really do anything for what she needs. Um, I mean, something has to happen. They have to get on the Russians' boat or vice versa. Something has to happen for them to get Chandler. We see Scott with a gun, so I think the Russians come onto the American ship. I'm just going to make it up. Um, <laughs> That's what we've been doing the entire time. Well, so you're yeah, in but good like company. really, like you know, I really don't think this. But we got a phone <laughs> ring. Hey, woo, did you, Charlotte? Woo. Did you did you want to answer the phone? I mean, we could. We could <laughs> did this like about two weeks ago too. <laughs> we could we could we could talk to whoever was calling right on the show. Right? Maybe hey, you know what? Maybe they have a prediction about the last ship. <laughs> They're gonna make it up. Yes. <laughs> well, you know, usually I have an idea what I think is gonna happen. I just really don't, so I'm just going with the flow. On um, the preview, I see Rachel holding a gun and kind of, you know, battling some Russians. I'm guessing. So I'm just gonna say this: Rachel's gonna. Either find out uh, the cure with the blood from Bertrice, or she's going to at least think she has it for sure, and then they're going to send her to the Russian boat. I, you took my... That's my exact prediction. That is my exact prediction. I'm a mind reader. This is ridiculous. You do this every week. We do no, no. We do, you don't even understand. On every show, we do this to each other every week. One of us we steals do. the other person's prediction every damn yeah, week. Yeah, you stole you my really? last week. So. Yes, it's ridiculous. It's either this show or the other one we do together. Every week, we steal each other's predictions. Yes. That's insane. Yes. Charlotte and I have our own predictions. <laughs> We're original. <laughs> I guess. Hey, speaking of Twitter, if you want to follow Adam Baldwin or whoever else, where can they tweet you guys? You can find me at Rena Brazil on Instagram and Twitter. You can find me at Charlie B underscore TV, and you can find my bracelets at Lottie Rose Jewelry. Those are pretty badass, yeah. I will say. <laughs> Thank you. You guys can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Monsi Bolanos. And I'm bracelet free because I'm a real man. <laughs> but you guys can find me on Twitter at Bobby DeMiro. I also recently released a documentary. It's called Skid Row Tuesdays. So hit hashtag Skid Row Tuesdays on Twitter or go on YouTube, type in Skid Row Tuesdays. I think you guys might actually like it. It's decent. Um, that's it this week on The Last Ship, guys. We'll be back next week for episode 8. Lord knows what's going to happen. If that thing with Bertrice happens and you steal another one on predictions, <laughs> I swear, man. I swear. From executive producers Maria Menounos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff, we would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV network. To watch or listen to other After shows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. Buzz you later. The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals. 